0: It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history It's about you, it's about me, it's about time
1: Hello and welcome to this week's program. My name is Art Cardos and this program is called All In With The Lord. If you're someone who's tuning in for the first time, what this program is about is digging deep into the scriptures to find out how you might get closer to working in the kingdom of God, using the kingdom. What good is the kingdom if you don't use it? What good is knowing about salvation if you don't receive it? What good is understanding the gospel or having heard the gospel, but not putting it to work? So, we're talking about how to actually incorporate it in our lives, how to use it. I find that many people have not even read the Bible. They just discount it as something that's not necessary or important. Yet, I believe that every single word in the Bible was orchestrated, designed by our Creator. And that Creator organized it in a way that, even though what the world loves to say is it was written by men and different people... Uh, yes, it was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit and every word ordained by God. I believe that it was totally the calculation of God to calculate the errors, era errors of men that who would be writing it and knew exactly what he wanted them to write and they got it on paper. I know a lot of people say that the Bible is contradictory and it doesn't uh, make a lot of sense. And the opposite is true for me. It is totally, totally in line with itself. It totally, every single word, verifies the next word. And the beginning and the end are all connected. And it's all seriously connected when you take the time to actually read the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the height, depth, width, and breadth of that divine creator who created all of existence. Your very, very breath that you breathe right now, if you're listening, is ordained and orchestrated by the creator. And he organized it in a way that there is enough oxygen on this planet for you to breathe. And believe it or not, your body needs to breathe. You are wearing an earth suit. This is a earth suit that is designed by the Father who created you. And there is a Father in heaven. He created you and I. Our bodies and our spirits and our minds and our souls were organized, put together by the Heavenly Father who created us. Some people say the aliens are coming back. Well, the great alien, God Almighty, who created everything... He's the one that's going to be in control in the end. So right now, we're in a transition period. Oh yeah, we're in transition. We are transitioning from where we ended up after Adam fell by eating information and fruit from the wrong tree, and now we are transitioning back to where Jesus, the second Adam, brought us back to by defeating all of the lies. And pretty much that's what this is all about. It's about lies, the lie that you weren't made to live forever, the lie that you don't have to worry about uh, uh, reporting into a God or no rules, no laws that you can't break and get away with and things of that nature. We're under an extreme grace right now. It is an extreme grace that God has brought into our lives if we will receive it but it's only in receiving it that you become aware of what grace is. Grace is the ability for you to be forgiven for anything and everything that you've ever done, uh, undeservingly forgiven, because God just wanted to love you enough that he would forgive everything, wipe it out once and for all, so that you could walk as Adam did before he ate the misinformation. Before he ate from that tree, that fruit, he took the fruit of that tree, got the wrong data, had to reprogram himself. You know, today I laugh because people discount God like it's like as he's nothing. Now I know there's a lot of Christians who don't. There's a lot of movement right now. People are accepting him, but people like to discount that there's a Creator. Yet they look at their body and just say, "Well, that's my body." That's going to, you know, that gets me what I want. That's it. You know, if it feels good, do it. If if I don't think I identify as this, I can identify as that. You can just make up whatever lie you want. And if you look around right now, you will find that you are surrounded with more lies than you have ever been surrounded with before. How is that possible from a loving God? Well, he's not the one that's doing it. Okay, the liar, the head liar, the father of lies, Lucifer himself, has organized and orchestrated in this planet the, the opportunity through media, through people, through lives, through circumstances to get his lie across, his lie, to you, to, that you can just do whatever you want, treat people the way you want, be the king over them, uh, make them work for you, make them slaves to you. And somehow that's all all right. But yet Jesus came to set us free from all bondage, that you would be a slave to no man, and that you and I could live abundantly and be prosperous in spite of the lies. So we have a great separation taking place right now. The sheep from the goats <coughs> are being separated in this planet, especially in America. You can see the different factions coming to a head. Because there are those who think nothing matters, and there are those who know that the Word of God says there are things that absolutely matter, and the value of one human life is so valuable. And so what we have to do is bring our lives into uh, cooperation with the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, a man who, who came and lived the way Adam should have continued to live as a demonstration to you and I of what we could be and do. And that man who went to the cross put, put, took on the pain and suffering that everyone is due and paid the price entirely for all of our failings, all of our sins, and restored us to where Adam was before the fall. But I don't know a lot of Christians that are acting like or living like they have been restored. Most of them walk around, still, some of them broke, busted, sick, disgusted. They walk around with heaviness of hearts. They walk around not knowing what God's going to do because, you know, he works in mysterious ways. And so, here we are trying to learn how to get the gospel, the good news that God brought to us back into our lives. Can you be rejuvenated? Can you be restored? Can you live a life abundantly no matter what's around you? Can you live a life that's healthy, wealthy, knowing that you have been made eternally and when you leave this planet, you will still be alive in Christ or in God's plan for all of eternity? Or will you have bought the lie? and the lies that tell you that you are not never going to be healthy, that you should fear everything around you, you should run and not even go out in the world because you could be contaminated by anything, for that matter. Whether That just doesn't have to be this COVID thing, but anything. Because there's so many opportunities for you to get sick, right? So if you walk around fearing that, if you're listening to the media every day, if you're buying the lie every day, well then your program, your self-programming system, because that's what we have, a self-programming system continues to program you to die early, to be afraid, live in fear, live in bondage, be jerked around by the world, uh, until finally you just say, man, I've had enough, I quit. And you quit probably too early in life. So here we are talking about the gospel, the good news, The good news that says you're forgiven. The good news that says you've been made righteous. The good news that says you're under the grace. The good news that says you are made in the image and likeness of God. The good news that says you should imitate your father. The good news that says you should act like God. You should talk like God. You should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are you doing that? Are you doing it? Are you transforming? Or are you just complying with the world? And that's where we are. So, who are you? What are you doing? And what's today for you? Is this the day the Lord has made? Are you rejoicing? Are you glad in it? Or are you looking for a way just to make it through? Maybe you're on your way to work. Maybe you're on your way to uh, just another humdrum day. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Why can't you change, see change, and have your world be transformed into one where you're blessed every day. Blessed going in, blessed coming out, receiving the greatness and blessing of God, because that's what God wants us to do. He made us in his image and likeness. So, we're literally switching from one system to another. The system that came on mankind after Adam sinned, the, the Babylonian system, the system of the world, the system of, of working <clears throat> working hard diligently and, and only being compensated according to what you do. <clears throat> we are in that system, but Jesus came to bring another system. It's called the kingdom of God. That's right, the kingdom of God. Are you operating the kingdom of God, or are you operating in the kingdom of the world? And do you want to continue to stay in the world? If you do, that's okay. It's going to get a little tougher for you if you stay in the world, because uh, things are coming, and they're coming soon. That will cause you to be uh, have to really work a little harder in order to even buy gas, fuel, find food. You know, that's just on the horizon, and you can see that now. However, you have been made in the image of God. You have been transformed, and you can take the kingdom of God, put it to work, and not be affected by the lies of the world. So, with that in mind, I'm personally one who believes that if you learn to pray, right, and you put it to work and use faith, God can change anything in your life within the next 24 hours and that is a fact. It's a fact because we've seen it happen. It's a fact because we know God's Word works. Now, is it a fact for each one of us? No, because everyone is different in the way they operate the Word of God. In Proverbs 21.5, it says, the thoughts of the diligent tend to only to plenteousness, So if you're diligently thinking about God's word, diligently putting in his word, it leads to plenty, plenteousness. But everyone who's impatient and hasty hastens only to want. So if you're an impatient person and you want it now, yesterday, right away, and you're blaming God or upset because you haven't gotten it, you might find out um, that you have more want, the things that you want, than less. And in Colossians 1.13, it says, The Father, our Creator, has delivered us, delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness, and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. He did that. He has done that. So I'm going to read that again because see, I think people try, especially churches these days are trying to get people to somehow work their way into heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. Okay. You just can't do it. It's a free gift. It's a free grace however there's work to do and that is learning the word but the father has delivered and drawn us the father drew us if you've drawn into the kingdom if you've received jesus the father drew you out of the control of the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love so he's done that for us he has done it. The things we couldn't do, He's done for us. Christ, per- This is Galatians 3.13 and 14. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law and, is, and uh, by Himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree or who is crucified. So, to the end, that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So, we, through faith, might all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So, so here it is. And it says, Christ purchased our freedom. Now, you're free. It was purchased. What are you free from? You're free from the penalty of sin. You're free from the curse of the law. Christ purchased our freedom. He redeemed us from the curse, from the doom of the law. So there's nothing in the law. When you go back and read the Deuteronomy and the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law, Christ purchased our freedom your freedom from the penalty of doom and gloom has been purchased it's over you're purchased it's done of the law and it, and by himself becoming the curse for us he became it He took it. He fulfilled the law. He kept all the laws, all 613, not just 10. He kept them all, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, who is crucified. To that end, through their receiving Christ Jesus, who? You. To the end that you and I would receive the Christ Jesus, the blessing promise to Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. So now you have all of the promises that now come on you and I because we have been redeemed. It is done by God. God did this. He is the one. Christ purchased our freedom. You can't purchase your own freedom. You can't get under the blessings. So when you go and read in Deuteronomy all the blessings, Christ purchased all of the... He took all of our, our the curses, purchased our freedom from them, and got us on the blessing side so that, it says right here, the blessing promised to Abraham might come upon the gentiles that's who we are so that we through faith might all receive the realization of the promise of the holy spirit so by faith we receive it we have to take it knowing but not seeing but jesus purchased it so you you can you know you can keep living under the old testament if you want but we have such a promise here God, Jesus purchased us and got us out of hawk. If you've ever had anything in a in a, in a, uh, um, a store where you have to unhawk it, you know, you st- go in there and you get, they give you money for what you have and they keep it till you come back. Jesus purchased us. We were in that position through a, through um, Adam, but Jesus purchased us back. We're out of the hawk store. We're out of there. And we are able to be living totally free, not captive to the past. Yet people continue to use the past as if, as a, as a, a, a blame thing. You know, to blame that. I, you know, well, I'm a victim of my past. Well, you have been purchased with a very high price and all you have to do is accept the fact that you were purchased and walk out of that captivity. I know it sounds easy, but guess what? It actually is easy, but people make it difficult. So, what happens to people who don't accept the fact that Jesus delivered them? They live under the curse, and under the curse you lose everything. Under the curse you're cursed, and you, you just can't ever get ahead. Seems like no matter what you do, you're always losing. It says here in Deuteronomy 28.30, if you're under the curse, you'll, you'll betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but not live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but, but not gather grapes. In other words, things will not work out for you, no matter what you do, if you continue to live under the curse. So we have a choice you can continue not realizing what Jesus did. And I think that's the biggest problem we have. We don't realize what he did for us. Therefore, we continue to live as if we're supposed to be in, in, in pain or poverty or sickness or death. That is not where we're supposed to be living. But yet we tend to accept it because the lies are all around us we've been brought up believing that that's just the way it is well that's not just the way it is and it's Jesus came to set us free that was the whole that's the gospel the gospel is the good news that God's not mad at you that his son went to the cross and literally paid the price for every single thing you ever did or will do wrong and all you have to do is be in obedience to accept what Jesus did. But the church seems to want to accept Jesus to for the fact that you want to accept them so you know you're going to heaven, but we don't want to live like we are under the the gospel. We want to still live like the world. We want to be told, you know, this is we have to fear this or we're gonna live in we have lack. We can't all be uh, wealthy people. Well, that's not what the gospel says. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It does not say that. If you think it does, you have either misread it, misinterpreted or listened to other people who have perverted it. Because God has been spending every every second since Adam sinned, God had a, a plan even before that to get it back. And Adam was never supposed to have to live in want. And neither are you. You should be healthy, You should be wealthy, and you should be ready to go whenever Jesus returns because you're humble in all that you do. And if you can't accept that, you better go back and reread the Bible. Stop picking on people who are teaching how to get the blessing and calling them prosperity people, uh, preachers, or what else? Um, I, I don't even remember the things that people come up with. But, you know, so name it and claim it and and all these little neat little cliches that are absolute lies from hell because they try to depower, take the power, suck the power out of what happened at the cross. The cross fixed everything. And if you don't know that, you should go read the Word of God because you can't just have a little of it. You can't just say, well, yeah, I'll take the part where Jesus said, I can go to heaven and and I'm, I'm saved. I am a saved person. So when I die, my soul won't go to hell. But yet you're missing all of the rest of the message, which is an outline on how to live your life successfully here on earth and follow the sample son who was Jesus the Christ. And he is and was the sample son. So, he came to show us how to live life and have it more abundantly. But I don't know what it is if it's just people being tired. They don't continue to want to, to learn every day a little more. Have the Holy Spirit show them more and reveal to them more what the plan is for today and how to get free of poverty, sickness, and, of course, death. Because Jesus did that. He bought you back out of the pawn shop. He got you out of there. He took us out, all of us. All we have to do is show our ticket to the man in charge and say, I have been delivered out of your pawn shop i have been redeemed i have been set free i am made in the image and likeness of god almighty the creator the divine creator of all that there is and i don't have to live in captivity to the lies that the devil has perpetuated put on this earth and every day, every day he's trained his people to turn on the news, to turn on everything that where people can feed them lie after lie after lie. When all you have to do is open the Word of God and read the truth. Because the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. And other people's opinions, and it's not just people reporting the news every day. They're making it up as they go. Someone is telling people what the deal is, and people all buy into it. So here we are. Who are you, and who are you serving? Are you serving the father of lies, or are you digging in to truth? Because we are at a point in time in history where if you don't use the word you some people's hearts will fail because of fear they'll fail and at that moment it's too late it's too late for you to turn to the word at that point if you're in fear anxiety worry god didn't make you to live in fear he made you in his image and likeness can't say that enough your little god's all over this planet. Not the big God, but he made you just like him. You are a king. When they say Jesus is the king of kings, you are a king. Just like the lion is the king of the jungle. You are a king. Do you act like a king? Do you walk like a king? Do you talk like one? Or do you talk like you're broke, busted, sick, disgusted, afraid of everything listen to your words. I can listen to somebody talk for five minutes and I can tell you without a doubt, I can tell you what their life is like because your words are containers that contain the seed of what you believe. And when you speak, you create in this 3D, this this planet that we're in, which is word-activated, you're creating your own destiny. You're creating your own world. And people keep going around on the merry-go-round and they're just going around and around and say, why does this keep happening to me? Why am I always showing up in the same place in the same way? It's because you're living in a word-activated planet and your words are causing you because of the lies to end up at the same place. So if you're not at the place you want to be, if you're not really happy right now, or if you're in a relationship that's bad or, or, or you, you can't pay your bills, something's got to change. And I'll tell you what it is. It's you. And it's your words. And it's who you're listening to. And if you're listening to the father of lies or the father of truth... You should be drinking water from the streams and the rivers that are living water. That's why Jesus called it, if you knew who you were talking to, he said to the woman, you would ask me for a drink because I will give you living water. What is the living water? It's the word of God. Because when you drink from that fountain, you will speak out of your mouth what you have drank and it will come to pass in your life. So, we're talking about serving Jesus and accepting what he's done. We'll be right back after these
0: messages. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race, it's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above, it's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history, it's about you. It's about me, it's about time.
1: Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township, this is AM 1180. AM 1180, WFYL, King of Prussia, Philadelphia.
0: It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history, it's about you, it's about me, it's about time.
1: And we are back. We are back, back, back talking about the word of God. And I pray that you stayed with us, that you're interested enough to understand what God is doing in our lives. So, in starting out this second part. You know, let's talk about this. In your conscious mind, what do you think you are? Are you living with a sin-conscious mind or are you living with a righteousness-conscious mind? Jesus came to restore full righteousness with God in you. But if, you're, if you wake up every day rehearsing what you did wrong yesterday, then you have a sin-conscious mind. Now, God... Jesus did away with sin I'm sorry, if you don't believe that I can't help you But he obliviated it He ripped its power right out By by paying the price For all sin, all time It's all done Now, we do have to receive that And we receive that by grace Through faith And we take that that grace This word grace Which people get a little confused over You know it's grace is God's ability to show favor to you and have, ne- and just never remember anything bad you ever did. When you think of your children, don't you like to do it that way where you just want to remember all the good things and you don't want to think of any bad thing that they do? You erase them in your mind because you love them. That's the way God loves you. So he erased his memory of our sins when we accept Jesus as Lord because Jesus paid the price. So, the minute you accept him, it's erased. All sin that you will ever commit is erased. If you understand the grace of God, you will understand that you don't want to go back and continue to repeat sin. It's when you don't understand the grace and mercy of a loving God that you pretend to to live a a holy, sanctified life by keeping the law. You can't keep the law. You you, you can try all you... There was 613 laws, and Jesus was the only man on this earth that ever, ever, ever kept them all. Period. The end. So if you think you're holy, or going to be more holy because you go to church the right days, you make all the right holy days, you do all the right holy things, and that somehow makes you more righteous with God you're lying to yourself. You're bought to lie. It's a good thing to do, but it's not going to make you more righteous. You can't be more righteous. Jesus made you righteous, and all you have to do is accept that. So, do you have a righteousness consciousness, or do you have a sin consciousness? If you are walking around with your head down—and I see people like this at church— they just are carrying the weight of the world because they know what they have done. I'm just, boy, I'm, I just can't be any better than this. I feel like, you know, you ever watched Eeyore, you know, on Winnie the Pooh? You know, you, well, I just don't know what's going to happen today. Man, get the, get the good news. Hey, guys, there's good news. Jesus died. And he paid for all of the things you messed up. You know, one of the revelations I had in life as a kid growing up, I had a great grandfather who would just help me out. He was mechanically inclined. He had a lot of tools and did things like that. And I, I, The revelation that anything I broke could be fixed, that was a major revelation to me. Like, you have a toy that you loved and broke it and you smashed it or something. And then you have a loving father or grandfather who fixes it. And you go, wow, how'd you do that? It was like my life was destroyed when that toy was destroyed. I used to collect those plastic uh, cowboys and horses and had all those. And if one leg broke or something, and then to have somebody glue it back on fix it and make it like new again, it was like, wow things can be fixed. That was a major revelation to me. And I don't understand why they, why Christians don't understand that God fixed their life. He made their life. He launched it into the earth. Then they got born into the, the, the sinful consciousness that Adam left us all. But then Jesus came to set all that free. So when we accept him, we are no longer under that. We are out from under that if we accepted Jesus, but we still act like the thing's broke. You know, if I if somebody fixed the leg on my horse and I was playing with it, you know, you can't act like it's broke, it's fixed. But yet Christians act like they're broke and not fixable. And they keep walking around broke, busted, sick, disgusted, fearful, anxiety, worried, depressed, but Art, you don't know my life. Well, every one of us has one. What's that? a life. And what we do with it makes a difference. How you think about yourself. So, Jesus came to set you free from the bondage of sin consciousness that walk around feeling like a sinner every day, walk around feeling like royalty, like Jesus is your Lord because he redeemed you. You're not under the law anymore. You have been redeemed grace and mercy of God has redeemed you and said, here, come on out of there. You don't have to pay for anything that you broke. You can just live life and live it more abundantly. Let me read to you from Deuteronomy 28.11. This is what happens under grace and under the obedience to grace through Jesus the Christ. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity, through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. He wants you to have a surplus. Do you have a surplus of prosperity? Or do you not? If you do not, stop right there. Ask yourself why. It isn't because God did it to you. It's because you have bought into the lie of thinking you can't ever have it. We have to change what we're thinking. You have to begin to believe the truth. Where is the truth? The Word of God. If you don't have the Word of God in you, you're still living according to the world point of view. And like I said, they're very anxious to give you their point of view. Turn on the news. Just turn it on for two, three, four hours a day and see where that gets you. How about turn it off and turn on the Word of God? And today, there are many, many online opportunities, channels, where you can listen to the Word of God being taught 24 hours a day. There has never, ever in history been a time where it's easier to find the Word of God than ever before. And so what do people do? They hear one line or one sentence, and then they say, well, I don't believe that. And they then begin to condemn the person teaching that. Or a, they'll come up with the lines like, Oh, it's a name it and claim it. It's a, it's a prosperity preacher. It's a this, it's a that. Oh, get off your high horse. Who the heck do you think you are? You haven't read more than two sentences and you think you have an answer. Let me tell you something. The Word of God, and I just read it to you. Deuteron- this is the Old Testament. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body of your livestock and your ground the land the lord the which the lord has given to you and it's all restored through jesus and what he did to get you out of the pawn shop deuteronomy 28:11 and 12 and the lord shall make you uh, i just read that sorry about that this is 11 and 12 and the lord shall open to you his good treasury to the heavens to give the rain of your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall not borrow. It shall be, you'll be the lender. Now I said, well, that's not what my life is. I'm not a lender. Well, there's a reason for that. You have bought the lie. You must renew your mind. You know, one of the things the Bible says very clearly is that we are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. If your life is not working the way you want it to, you have not renewed your mind from the world. Now, we all talk about accepting Jesus, but we don't talk much about renewing the mind. From the day you accept him as your Lord, you must begin the process of renewing, renewing, renewing your mind. It's like having a computer, buying the latest computer right now. I've said this last week and said it before. You buy the latest computer with the latest software and all of a sudden you say, I think I would rather have Windows 2 because I liked Windows 2. I know how to operate Windows 2 and you should be on Windows 10 or 11 or whatever it is now. Okay. And you're putting it into a computer that's designed to work with the latest software, and you're putting in old thoughts, old software, and it messes up everything. It messes up your world. It messes up your life, causes you to live a downtrodden life instead of a victorious life. God wants you to live in victory. You should be taking on the attitude that God has. God has an attitude of, I'm God. I can do anything, and I have. Why aren't you having His attitude? You should have the attitude of God because he made you in his image and his likeness. Um, Well, I think I'm talking about the righteousness part here. And so, in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I mean, that's Old Testament. We're not even into the New Testament yet. And God is telling us about, you shouldn't lack. You shouldn't lack. The Lord is your shepherd. He came into your life one very special day to turn it around, be your shepherd and to show you a better way. And, and that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing every day. Not to live in lack, but to live in prosperity. Prosperity. And now's the time because when some people will be in lack, if you're someone who understands this, you'll get to work so that you can have enough to help others in time of need. Because the most important thing is to bring them to Jesus and to bring them into the kingdom and to be there to help people who need help. If there's shortages, if there's lack, if there's whatever, people need gas, whatever, you be there to help them. Sow seed. Love one another as Christ has loved you. You've read that somewhere? Okay. Well, let's see here. In Mark 11:24. for this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe Trust and be confident that it is granted to you, and you'll get it. What? Whatever you, I'm telling you, whatever you ask him, this is Jesus talking, telling you how to live your life. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident. Hmm. Okay, Lord, I want to pay bills for the next three months. I want them all paid three months in advance. Believe, trust, be confident. Trust, be confident. How am I going to be confident? Trust God. Trust God. But I have to go get a second job. Trust God. Try trusting him for a day. Try trusting God for a day. Father, I trust that you will show me how to get what I need. I trust you. I trust in you. I trust you. Believe and trust the Lord. That's how you get it. And um, Romans 10:14. But how are people to call upon him whom they have not believed in? You can't. If you didn't believe in Jesus, you can't call on him. You you gotta first believe that he died on the cross for you, and then you have to understand what he got you for that. He paid the price for your sins. He paid the price for everything you've ever done wrong. But if you don't believe that, you have no faith and and no reliance on God. You're not trusting him. And how are they to believe in him or trust in or rely on him of whom they have never heard? Obviously, if they've never heard of Jesus, you can't do that either. How are they the hear without a preacher? So someone has to tell them about Jesus. Someone has to tell us about all the benefits of accepting Jesus. That's what per- shows like this and preachers and churches are all about. But it's not just a preacher in a church. It could be you with someone over coffee. It could be you just with someone who went across your life today and they needed answers and you were there to answer them. God is using you to bring the message that he so loved them that he sent his son to die on the cross, suffer in a way that is uncalculable, so that all sin was paid for and that all sin is forgiven once and for all. It's not something you're going to discover Uh, tomorrow that you have to do for yourself. It was done for you. You do have to understand and rely on the fact through faith that it was done for you so that when you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, who is Jesus, and he has forgiven you. He will pray for you. He'll bring it to the Father. However, you have to judge yourself because if you don't even call it sin, now you're not even in agreement with God's Word. You call it sin. You Whatever you do in your life that you know wasn't quite right. And that goes for just being negative. That goes for just not believing God wants to set you free. That is how it works. That is how it works. God has given you and I the ability to rest, knowing that he took care of everything. In exchange for that, he just wants us to appreciate it. And by appreciating it under grace, it makes you not want to sin. It makes you want to live a better life. You're not running from God and hiding from him. You're running to him and saying, I did it again. I did it again. And I receive your forgiveness. I'm going to try harder tomorrow. And the Holy Spirit helps you to do that because of the mercy, because of God's love. His mercy and love endures forever. That is how it works. It's not about you being able to keep the law because then you wouldn't need the Redeemer. You would not need Jesus, the the Redeemer. He's standing there with holes in his hands and his feet. He's standing there. He was bruised and beat up. and, And you're saying, I don't need you. You do need him. You need him for everything. That's the beautiful part of the message of the gospel, that everything you need was supplied, is supplied. And you are free from all of it because of the Savior. Accept him, but also accept what he did so that you can live as a king's kid. You can live with knowing you have a crown on, that your image of who you are will change because now Christ is in you and he is in you living like you are to live like him, like a king's kid. How does a king's kid live? Pretty darn good. You move into the castle, man, and everything you need is there. And the one thing I noticed about a king or a king's kid, if they say something one time, they know it's going to be done because there are enough subjects that are subject to the king to make sure that every whim, whim of the king is carried out. He doesn't need to say it twice. All he's got to do is say... This is what I'd like to have. This is what I want done. And you are a king's kid, and the baton is handed to you. You have the ability to say what you want and to decree what you want from God's word. And that's what we're to be doing. Jesus swore, God swore, I'm sorry, God swore that he would keep his promises. God swore that all the promises that he made to Abraham would be kept. And it's right here in Isaiah 54, 9. For this is like the days of Noah to me. I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so that I have sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you anymore. God swore it, and He put a rainbow in the sky to prove it, to remind Him and you that He would never destroy the earth by water again. So, it's like the na- days of Noah to him. This, the whole cross, everything about it, he did it and swore that it's, if you get under the blood of Christ, that you are free from the penalties and the lies and all the things that come from believing them on this earth. But you've got to believe that. You've got to take that on you. You have to begin to renew your, your software Renew your mind. Don't work on Windows 2. Work on Windows 11 or 12 or 50. Better yet, just go to the end of time, whatever that's going to be, and put in that software. <coughs> Jesus came with the latest, greatest software system. And the only way you can change your software and your computer is by verbally renewing your mind out loud, speaking God's Word, reading God's Word, and ingesting it. Hebrews 9:28. Even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many once and for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden or sin to deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting And for and expecting him. Now, let's just talk about that. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back. Did you know he's coming back? Maybe you knew that. Maybe you're someone who read two things, that I can accept Jesus as my Lord, and now I'm going to heaven, and then he's coming back. And then there are people who are afraid he's coming back to find that they're still sinning. But listen, listen, he will appear a second time not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin. He's already dealt with sin. You understand that? He's not coming back to deal with sin in your life. He already dealt with it. You just need to accept the fact that he dealt with it, but to bring full salvation to those who are eagerly and patiently waiting and expecting him. So, we're going to get the full manifestation of what we weren't able to do on our own when he returns. The rewards. He's coming back to reward you for trying, for trying, for diligently trying to serve his word and serve him. You fall you get up, you fall, you get up. But he's not coming back to hold against you the fall. He's coming back to restore you to completion and reward you for trying. That's for the body of Christ. Now, for people who reject the Savior, who don't want to believe that he did any of this, who keep pushing him out of their lives, I don't know what to tell you. I just know that the safest way is to accept him into your life. He is coming back, and he's coming back with love for those who love him. So do you love Jesus? Have you accepted him? Do you believe he wants you to prosper? Do you try every day to receive by faith those good things that he's given us? Or are you walking around still, broke, busted, sick, disgusted? Jesus has come to set you free. In Psalm 34, verse 9 and 10, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, revere and worship him. That's what he would like. Just thank him and worship him for what he did for you. For there is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. What is godly fear? It's not walking around afraid of God. It's respect for what he's done. He came and said, no sin. No pen, (coughs) no price, (coughs) no price to pay. You have no price to pay for all the evil you did while you were on earth. You lived inside of the earth in the system that I set up and you did some bad things early on in your life or maybe later in your life, but you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. I took care of it for you. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to walk around. Godly fear is knowing his mercy took care of all my problems. Gee, God, Father, thank you. I got away with everything I did wrong because I admitted it was wrong to myself. Wanted to change, couldn't do it on my own, but Jesus forgave it all. He did it on the cross. He did it once and for all. So... There is no want to those who are truly in fearing God, loving God. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek and inquire of the Lord by the right of need of their authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. You will not lack anything. That's Psalm 34, 9 and 10. You got to read these things and not just read selectively. You have to take it and put it together as the Lord leads you with the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 2 7. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're walking through this great wilderness. And that's what the Lord is showing us. We are in the wilderness with other people who are still not interested in knowing that He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and that He can set you free and has set you free from every evil. Of this present world. No evil will befall you, neither shall any plague come near you. For God has given his angels charge over you. We're out of time, and in this short, brief time, we try to talk about how to be all in with the Lord. I hope you're all in with the Lord, and I hope you stand fast, knowing that all has been dealt with, because he loves you so much. God sent his son. He died for everything, for health, wealth, and eternal life. Have a great week, and come back next week we'll talk more about being all in with the Lord. Have a great day. It's about time,
0: it's about space It's about saving the human race It's about hate, it's about love It's about everything above It's about war, it's about peace It's about changing history It's about you, it's about me It's about time